preach along those lines here, I think, here at John chapter 14. If you want to turn in your Bibles over to John chapter 14, thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Let me say this, let me commend our men um, for a wonderful men's breakfast yesterday, all who worked with that, and I think I saw a few ladies there too. I, I snapped a picture of them, but they didn't seem too happy uh, with the picture, so maybe I ought not put that on Facebook or anything. What do you think? <laughs> no. uh, seasoned saints, they, yeah, yeah, give them a hand, all those that cooked and worked, amen. <laughs> Did a good job. It's a wonderful, wonderful day. I had to leave a little bit early to run over to Standardsville and get my second prick in the arm. So I was able to eat and hear the great devotionals, which were wonderful, by the way, and then went and got my second shot. So not rabies shot, but, uh, but I am feeling it this morning. They say the second one, you, you have a few more effects, and um, I am definitely feeling it this morning. So say a prayer for me that the Lord, my wife said, you can go home and sleep. No, no sympathy. No sympathy. She can go, you go home and sleep after church. But um, Season Saints was Friday, and uh, they had a great turnout. First time in several months, and so it's nice to see the wheels starting to turn. And then this Wednesday night, uh, Brother Thurman Collier will be back with us at 7 o'clock. It was a great turnout and a great service on Wednesday night. Um, I know many of you were here. Um, wonderful, wonderful word that he brought to us. A powerful word, and the presence of the Lord was here, and just a great revival service. And so he'll be here with us again this Wednesday night. If you weren't able to be here last Wednesday night, the good news is you have another chance. So I hope that you can come and be part of this revival service. And then Travis Gore will be with us the following two Wednesday nights uh, as we continue on with this series of special services. So I hope you can come and be with us. I want to preach to you this morning. Continuing on with our seven I am statements of Jesus. We have one more statement next, next week and we'll finish out the series as Jesus made these powerful I am statements throughout the Gospel of John. And the beautiful thing that we see is when he says who he is, the I am statement that he makes can then translate to us and cause us to have our own I am statement because we find him. And it corresponds. Every, everything he gives to us, we can receive it. We can have it in our lives. And today, he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. If ever there is a time that the world around us needs to hear that there is someone who knows the way, who is the way, it's now. If there ever was a time in this world where there is a need for truth, it is now. Can I tell you that I don't decide truth? I don't decide truth relative on based on what I believe or how I feel, but Jesus is the truth. Amen. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There are so many this, this hour, of this time of uh, just looking for life, looking for how to live life, but Jesus says, I am the life. Have you ever worked a puzzle? Anybody ever worked a puzzle? Do you think sometimes that life feels like a puzzle? I started to bring a puzzle up here this morning and just 
dump it on to the podium and let the pieces scatter out. And I, I thought better of that because then I would just have to pick them up and, <laughs> and put them back in. So you just picture that this morning. It'll save all of us a lot of extra work. But a puzzle, you have confusing patterns within the puzzle. You know, certain parts of the puzzle over here and maybe over here, they look really similar and you have to figure out which one goes where. I have learned you cannot really take one and just force it because then later on you pay the price for that. Anybody ever done that? And you just kind of, you know, get a hammer and put it right in there and you realize, okay, well, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have a gap over here eventually. You have to find where it really, where it really goes. The worst thing in the world is to do a puzzle, you know, a 10,000 piece puzzle and you get down close to the end and you're missing one piece. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? And you're missing one piece out of this big puzzle. A puzzle, working a puzzle involves a lot of problem solving, a lot of thinking it through and working it out. And you know, life can feel like a puzzle. And lately, at least for the last 13 months, it has been a big puzzle, I think, for all of us in some way, shape, or form. I thought about that example, and then I thought about riding a bicycle example. I don't know why people, I guess I do know why they ride bicycles all through this area because it's so gorgeous. But boy, it gets on my nerves. I'm sorry if you ride. I know we do have some in the church that ride. Hopefully they'll come at 11 o'clock and I won't say anything. <laughs> Hope they're not watching online. Either. But boy, it gets on my nerves. <laughs> I was like, get out of my way, would you please? But I watched one the other day riding a bicycle. And you know there's a lot of things you have to do in riding a bicycle. You got to keep your balance you got to be moving in the right direction, flow, you know, traffic flow this way, traffic flow this way, be at the right places at the right time. You have to pump. And I've watched them before, pump those pedals, right? And sometimes it looks like they're just doing it with all their might, and the bike's just kind of, and I'm blaring my own, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> pumping those pedals. And sometimes in life, doesn't it feel like we're pumping our pedals and we're not really getting anywhere and we're just pumping, pumping, pumping. We're working a puzzle over here. We're riding a bike over here. And I put this in my notes this morning. Why don't we as Christians at times, why don't we step back and quit trying to do everything ourselves and allow God and the Holy Spirit to help us live this life? And that's what I see in John 14. I see a savior who comes to this earth to save us, yes, to redeem us, yes, but to also show us the way. And sometimes we're sitting there trying to solve our own problems. We're sitting there trying to put the puzzle together when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth of the and sometimes we're riding that bike of life and we're just pedaling, pedaling, pedaling in our own strength, but we can't seem to get where we want to go. And later on in John chapter 14, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit who he says, I'm gonna pray to the Father and have him send him to you. He's gonna give you power. He's gonna give you counsel and comfort. He's gonna guide you. And so I propose to us this morning, we don't have to live this life alone. We have the way, we have the truth, we have the life. Stop trying to accomplish in your own strength 
what can only be accomplished through Christ's strength. We have a helper. We have a savior. Look with me at John chapter 14, beginning at verses one through four. The beginning of this beautiful chapter. Jesus is speaking right here to the disciples and he, he says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Can I ask you this morning, do you believe You know, sometimes maybe we just ought to assemble together and just ask that one question. Maybe that would accomplish all that needed to be accomplished sometimes if we just reminded ourselves, do we really believe? Do we really believe in God? And Jesus is saying right here, listen, boys, he's talking to the disciples. If you believe in God, you better believe in me because I'm the only way to God. There are so many in this world today who say they're spiritual, who say they are religious, but they only have a form of godliness and they're denying the power thereof. But Jesus is saying right here, if you believe in God, believe also in me. You see, Jesus is the son of the living God. I never thought that maybe we would get to a point where that would need to be preached and said even within religious organizations, even within churches, but more and more our society has adopted a pluralistic approach to God, but there is only one way to God and that's through Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Look at verse two. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you No, Jesus is saying to them, don't let your heart be troubled by the current circumstances of life. But also, if you believe in me, don't let your heart be troubled about your eternal destiny. As a child of God this morning, I believe that I have a Savior who helps me in the here and now. But I also believe I have a Savior who is preparing a place for me me. We use that scripture a lot of times in funerals, don't we? We use it a lot of times when a saint of God has left this world and we can say that Christ has prepared a place for them, but he's prepared a place for you and I. That's our hope. We believe. It's not just for the dead in Christ. It's not just for the disciples, but let's personalize it this morning. I have an eternal reservation in heaven. Jesus is preparing a place for me. I'm excited about that place that he has prepared for me. So, how about it this morning? If I know that I can believe in him in the here and now, if I know that he has a place prepared for me, why not let my heart have peace? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Is your heart troubled this morning? Is your mind troubled this morning? What is bothering you today? I propose to you this morning that we don't have to live this life troubled. We can have his peace. So let's talk about finding our way. Let's talk about finding that peace, finding our way Sometimes it feels like something is missing in this world. Definitely feels like something is missing in this world around us. 
We see it all over the place. We see it in every governmental institution. We see it in public education. We see it in healthcare. We see it in Washington, D.C. There is something, or I would propose somebody, who is missing from the equation. Taking it down to a personal level, do you ever feel that something is missing in your life? I believe as a believer, as a, as a child of God, sometimes we can fall into a place in life, even as Christians, where we feel like something is missing. Our relationship with God is not up to date. We have drifted from him. We don't feel the closeness maybe that we've always felt. Does it ever feel like something's missing in your life? Well, there was a man who we can relate to this morning named Thomas. Thomas gets a bad rap, I think. Because what do you think of when you hear me say Thomas from the Bible? I, I guarantee you, most of us probably think, what, doubting Thomas. That old doubting Thomas. Remember when Jesus had, had been resurrected and he looked at all the other ones and he said, unless I touch the prince in his hand, I'm not going to believe. But you know, I do believe that Thomas was a man who liked to know. Right? He stayed around long enough to find out. He didn't just leave and say, well, I don't believe he's alive. He stayed around to see the proof. And here Jesus has said to them, I'm going away, but I have the way for you and the way you know. But Thomas speaks up and says, Lord, we don't know the way. Lord, I don't know the way. Look at it. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you have, would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Thomas is looking very practically here, and he's saying, Jesus, you're telling us you're going somewhere, but we don't know exactly where you're going. We don't know exactly the way to get to where you're going. And what Thomas had to realize, and what you and I had to realize, was the way is a person. He's saying, I am the way, Thomas. Jesus, it's the relationship with Jesus Christ taking it down to a practical level when we look at any decision we need to make, relational, financial, uh, any, any career, vocational, any decision that we need to make, the way that we might try to find, the answer doesn't start in trying to find the way through those things. The answer starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Am I preaching to anybody this morning that has ever had Christ come along and help you make a decision? Help guide your life, help you do the right things, help you get up and start again, help you through a problem? I believe I'm preaching to a room full of people like that. Jesus is the way, and the way begins with that relationship with him. The, relation, the way is not a, a certain path. The way is a relationship with Jesus so how do we find those things? How do we know more about this relationship with Christ? I put on the slide there that we live in an information age. Think about that for just a moment, an information age. I can think back to when in the 80s when I was in school and we had these little Apple 
computers. Anybody ever seen the little Apple computers? And we played little games like Oregon Trail and Lemonade Stand. And um, then I had at home a little Commodore 64. Anybody ever heard of a little Commodore 64? And even when I started college, I remember having just these little word processor type thing. And, and things even, and that would have been 1997, information wasn't as accessible by any stretch as it is now. And I'm just talking, what, 20-some years ago. But we have gone in 20 years to a fact that if I had my phone on my hip, I carry around a computer that's about this size in, in my telephone, right, on my hip every day. Can, can we wrap our mind around how information has just exploded? And I can find the answer to anything in a matter of two seconds by putting it in a search engine, Google or Yahoo or whatever, just like that. If I have my phone with me and, and you look at me and say, Pastor Greg, what is that recipe for that double chocolate cake? Boy, that would be good, wouldn't it? I can pull my phone out and I can find it in a matter of just like that. I can find probably as many recipes as we would want to even comb through. Isn't it amazing to think about the information that is at our fingertips? We can get in our phones, we can plug in addresses, and the, and the car will talk to us and tell us where we're going, where to go. If we miss the turn, it recalculates, it tells us how to get another direction. We have information, there's more information now than we could ever process in a lifetime. I could walk upstairs to my study right now and just not even technology. I could walk up there and there are enough books up there in my study that I would not be able to read them before I would decrease. <laughs> I could read the rest of my life probably and not read all the books that are, are in my library. We have information like we don't know everywhere. But let me ask this question as a society. How can we know so much? How can we have access to so much information, but yet at the same time, we know so little? Am I preaching this morning? Do you know what I'm, what I'm saying? We have a society that has lost all common sense. When I'm standing in line yesterday to get my shot, and I look over and the other gentleman in line who has this big beard, big burly guy, and the lady says, are you a male, female, or undecided? I almost lost my mind. I want to say, are you kidding me? What? We have information like you would not believe, yet we know so little. We have lost our bearing as a society. We are allowing children to decide that they're going to identify as a certain gender and then we're putting chemicals and, and medicines in them to block their puberty. We have lost our minds. God help us when we know the truth. God help us when the word of God shows us the truth. God help us. God created them male and female. We live in an information age, but our world does not know the truth. God, help us. 
And it can even come down into the church house. It can even come down to you and I who have been around Christ, who have been around the church, who have known and heard the word of God. And so there was a man named Philip who's kind of like that. Jesus had to persuade Philip. I wrote in my notes, persuading Philip. Philip, a man who had access to Jesus, had access to the miracles, but yet Jesus still had to persuade him. Look with me, John 14, beginning at verse eight. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Philip, one of the disciples, Philip, who had heard Jesus teach and preach, Philip, who had seen Jesus do all of these miracles, yet still Philip says, I need to see more. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for me. He was, one commentator said that Philip was wanting Jesus to do kind of like what God did for Moses back in the Old Testament when he let his glory pass by Moses and Moses was able just to see the hinder parts of God's glory. And one commentator said Philip was basically possibly asking Jesus, I just wanna see the Father's glory. Look what Jesus said, verse nine. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. Boy, that'll preach to us this morning, won't it? We have been in Sunday school class after Sunday school class. We have been in family training hour after family training hour. If you're like me, when I grew up, I went to Sunday morning, I went to Sunday night, I went to Wednesday night. Is it possible that I could get to a place in my life where Christ would say to me, you have been with me so long, yet how do you not know me? I wanna remind us this morning, we better keep the main thing, the main thing. We better keep him the main thing, that relationship with him and not come up lacking. I don't want him to look at me and say, you have been with me so long, yet you don't even really know me. I want to know him. And can I preach to myself this morning? Can I can preach to you wonderful people this morning? There's no excuse for us not to know the word of God like the back of our hand. There are so many resources available. We can listen to it. We can read it. We can have access to the greatest teachers that God has ever put on this planet. There is no excuse for us to not know God's word. Can I get an amen this morning? Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. He's saying, Philip, you've heard me but you've also seen me. You've also seen the proof. And I'm preaching, you know the, the, the expression preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You all not only have heard his words, but every one of us have seen his power, haven't we? Every one of us have seen his mighty works in our lives, in our family's lives, and sometimes we need to remind ourselves who we believe. 
So finally, I want to put it this way. In this upside down life and world that we find ourselves, John 14 can be our underpinning. And do we want real life or do we want artificial living? Real life or artificial living? When I looked up the word authentic, authentic is genuine. Truly what something is said to be authentic. I want a genuine, authentic Christian life. I looked up the word manifest. The word manifest talked about displaying or demonstrating. And all through this chapter, I hope maybe you'll read chapter 14 later today. Uh, I wish I could preach all of the verses, but time permits me or prohibits me from doing that. But all throughout John chapter 14, Jesus is telling them about the Holy Spirit who he is going to send to them. And I still believe that you and I need the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I still believe we need the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in our lives and through our lives. Can I get a good amen this morning? I need, I desire an authentic move of the Holy Spirit in my life. And Jesus told them all through this chapter of how he was gonna send the Holy Spirit to do just that. I want to have a real life, not an artificial one. What is artificial? Artificial is something that has been produced by human beings that's trying to copy the real deal. I thought about artificial sweeteners. Have you ever used an artificial sweetener versus sugar, which is the real deal? And someone told us one time, they said, don't use artificial sweeteners because your body really doesn't know what to do with it. You know, sugar's not necessarily the best thing either, right? I, I, pains me to say that, but you know. But an artificial sweetener, your body doesn't exactly know what to do because it's not authentic. It's not genuine. And can I preach to us as a church this morning, if there's ever a time that you and I need the genuine moving of the Holy Spirit, it's now. If there's ever a time when there's people who come and visit this church and come into this house, I say, God, let them experience a genuine manifestation of the Holy Spirit, an authentic presentation of the word of God. Not an artificial thing. Not something that's trying to copy the real thing, but the real way, the real truth, the real life. An authentic life in Christ, the real deal, the real deal in our church, the real deal in our lives. Look with me, John chapter 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, 
And he will give you another helper, this is the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Do you believe that the very presence of God can be in you? Do you believe what Jesus said right here, that he was gonna send the Holy Spirit to abide with us forever? Look at verse 18, a beautiful promise. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I don't know how this world has left you or me or any of us. I don't know how these last 13 months have left any of us, but we don't have to be orphans. We don't have to be alone. We don't have to be struggling in our own wisdom, in our own strength. We don't have to be discouraged. So I put it this way. Let the recent challenges propel us closer to Christ. Can I say that again? Why don't we let these recent challenges propel us closer to Christ? Why don't we make up our minds that we're not gonna be discouraged, we're not gonna become bitter, we're not gonna become angry, we're not gonna withdraw ourselves from everything and everybody, we're not gonna live fearfully. None of that's biblical for us. None of that is found in John chapter 14. But I say, let's allow the recent challenges to only propel us to a closer relationship with Christ. May the uncertainty of these times cause us to remember his sovereignty. May the sickness that has plagued this whole land, may it remind us of his healing. The division that we have seen come all through America. I refuse to get caught up in that division. I wanna get caught up on, in his love. The sense of loss that all of us have had I want it to remind us of his provision. The confusion should propel us to his wisdom. The fear that is out there should remind us of his peace. The compromise that has gripped our land should cause us to turn to his unchanging truth. So I want us to pray together this simple prayer. Would you stand with me all over this house this morning? Here's what I wanna ask you to pray today. I want you to ask God to please use the challenges of this present era to cultivate a closeness with him. I want us to pray, God, use the challenges of this present era to cultivate in my life a closeness with you. Let me say it one more time. God, please use the challenges of this present era to cultivate in me a closeness with you. Can we pray that together this morning? Would you bow your heads and, and let's just pray that right now and they're gonna sing for us. God, would you just remind us that you're on the throne, that you are in control. God, would you remind us that Jesus Christ is our savior? Would you remind us that he sent to us the Holy Spirit? And Lord, Lord, would you take the present challenges that are in our lives and would you cause them 
to cause us to become closer to you. Those things that the enemy has meant for harm, that the enemy has meant to destroy us, to discourage us, to pull us down. God, would you take those very things and cause them to propel us to a closeness with you. And you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. And what the enemy has meant for evil, you have meant it for good. You will cause it to become good. We were reminded of your promise that all things work together to good for those who love you, to those who are the called according to your purpose. God, we refuse to become bitter. We refuse to withdraw. We refuse to be uncertain. We refuse to be depressed. But God, we are coming out of this going forward and we're gonna be closer to you and we're gonna be propelled by your energy, by your strength, by your power, by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as individuals, we're gonna be better than we were before by your working in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open for you this morning as they sing.